اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم اذ قال یوسف لعبیه یا ابت انی رأیت احد عشر کوکبا والشمس والقمر رأیتهم لی ساجدین قال یا بنی لا تقصص رؤیاک على اخوتک فیکیدو لکا کیدا اِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوٌ مُّبِينَ صدق اللہ علیہ وسلم اس طرح ہم کمنسٹ فور دس ڈسکشن مانگ دا لاسٹ ایسپیکس 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 ای And in that Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took an example of Alif Lam Mim, that a person gets rewarded on every letter, and likewise when he recites Alif Lam Mim, he will get 30 rewards. And some explain it a little more differently, but more rewards in that also. But the lesson in this was that this recitation of Alif Lam Mim, in terms of as far as the meaning is concerned, we will all acknowledge, and the Mufassirin right that Allahu a'lamu bi muradihi bi dhalik Allah ta'ala knows best what the meaning of it is but this very aspect which we don't know the meaning is what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam presented as the example with regards to the rewards for tilawat what we understand from this and the lesson in this is that the aspect of tilawat is an independent ibadat and this is required in itself this is not something that is dependent on understanding the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif. That is a separate matter and a person who, mashallah, understands the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif, recites it with understanding, nurun ala nur, that is very, very much greater and better. But what is being encouraged in this Hadith Sharif is tilawat in itself. That this should be a part and parcel of a mu'min's life. Daily there should be tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif A person doesn't understand what the meaning is that doesn't decrease anything in terms of the reward of tilawat. Unfortunately, there are these kind of sentiments and these kind of uh, views that are sometimes put forward which confuse people where some people make these kind of statements and present these kind of views that what's the use of reciting the Quran Sharif if one doesn't understand it. And then on top of that, to now, that's the first part of it. So now if there's no benefit in reciting the Qur'an Sharif and understanding it, so then rather you take a translation of the Qur'an Sharif, read that instead, and there's no point in reading the Arabic if you don't understand it. This is a complete fallacy, it's a complete deviation, it is to deprive oneself and others of this great ibadat of tilawat, The tilawat that is an ibadat is an ibadat in itself, with or without understanding the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif. Those who understand the meaning, mashallah, but this is a very, very dangerous view. And this is again, yesterday we discussed briefly about the new views that people keep presenting in the new age, Mufassirin and Mujtahideen and all these new things that are coming around. So this is something very, very delicate and very sensitive that 
a person should be very cautious in this regard. There are those accepted over the years, those details that have been presented by the great ulama kiram the Akavir, and they have extracted this from nowhere, from their own pockets, they have taken it from what has been presented by the great muhaddisin, mufassirin, fuqaha. So when they analyzed this in the light of their in-depth knowledge, they came to certain clear understandings which they presented in the light of the Quran and Sunnah. And that has been unanimously endorsed, accepted by the great body of ulama from that time till now. Several hundred years have passed, or at least one, two hundred years in terms of our Akabir of the recent past. So now when that has already gone through that endorsement, something that has been, has stood the test of time and presented by people who had that depth of knowledge, that understanding, which we can only dream of. But despite this, now a person decides to, he wants to experiment on his own, he wants to do his own things and bypass all this. One is there something completely new, something has come in which had never occurred before. Some new occurrence has happened, some new invention came in now. What is the ruling regarding this? What is the situation? What is the ruling regarding such an occurrence which never happened before? So now in the light of those details that have already been mentioned, somebody is going to now have to research this and those who have that ability and that expertise, they will do that. But in everything and all those established masail, those aspects that have been gone through the whole process by experts of the field and not one or two, those who did it, the body of ulama that unanimously endorsed it and accepted it, every other person wants to become the muhakkik of the time and he wants to now reinvent the wheel. Now when he starts reinventing the wheel, he might finish off with a square wheel or a rectangular wheel. Allah knows best how that's going to roll and where it will drop him. So the safe route is, yes indeed, we need to, uh, sometimes those who have that knowledge, they will go into the depths of things. But the safest route is within that framework of what is already endorsed, what is already clear cut, which has gone through that process. We don't have to go and dig out something new now. Yes, as I said, some completely new occurrence, it's a different matter. That is something that will be dealt with. But what has already been researched to its depth, and by people who had that level of knowledge in Hadith Sharif, in Tafsir of the Quran Sharif, that level of faqahat and understanding of the Quran and Sunnah they had, we cannot even dream of that level. We cannot even dream of a part of that. So therefore, that is a safe route. And as for the rest of us who don't have that knowledge that is required, we have not studied deen, then simply we want to follow one personality who we have the confidence in, the person who has that depth in fiqh, in masail, is a mufti of repute, and who generally the ulama of the time regard as an expert in the field, then one such personality we stick to and we keep on that track. And inshallah we will not be questioned beyond that in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody who, whose taqwa and piety is a generally understood thing, 
Allah knows best who is on what level. But it is generally understood this is a person of taqwa, he's a person of piety, he's a person who the ulama generally regard as a person of expertise in this field. He's not somebody who is a novice, who's just come fresh off the mill. He has gone through the mill already. And he is a person who is experienced. So now, person takes one such personality of this caliber and all his masail, all his questions of deen, then he presents in that one direction. Whatever answer he gets, he practices on that. Then he doesn't do any fatwa shopping and trying to see what suits him or what's new on the market and then try to try something else. This is going to lead to tremendous confusion and eventually it will lead him to starting to pick and choose to suit himself. He won't be following anybody. It will be the name of following this person or that person. But ultimately he is only following his own nafs. This is the need to, for a person to take to one personality then. And as mentioned how we go about selecting what is the criteria. Then his heart will take to somebody. He then follows that one person. Nevertheless to continue... The incident of Yusuf Ali Salatu Wasalam, Allah Ta'ala mentions first at the beginning of this incident a dream that Yusuf Ali Salatu Wasalam had seen. Now he's a little child, he's a young boy, and he sees a dream. So now he saw a dream, so he related this dream to his father, Hazrat Yaqub Ali Salatu Wasalam. وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِي سَاجِدِينَ He comes to his father, Yaqub والسلام, who is a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And he says to him that I've seen this dream. That I saw 11 stars and I saw the sun and the moon all prostrating to me. Now this is a dream. And dreams are not something so straightforward that anybody and everybody can just decipher what this dream is all about. Now this is a whole subject on its own, the subject of dreams. And it is an important subject because many people, again, when it comes to the matter of dreams, either they go on to one extreme or to the other extreme. Some completely reject everything about dreams and some just live in a dream world. Everything about it is about a dream. And anything and everything will be decided by a dream. Whether they should do something or don't do something, but somebody saw a dream and that dream will direct him throughout his life. Now that is living in a dream world. And then somebody sees some good dream, then he doesn't even feel that he has any need to do anything good anymore because he already saw his place in Jannat. So now this is all living in a dream world. So there is a need to just understand this, what is the issue of dreams. So very briefly, in the light of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that there are three types of dreams. Ru'ya thalatha. There are three types of dreams. One is what is a true dream. Ru'ya saliha. This is a glad tiding for a mu'min. A good dream which is a true dream. True dreams which are good dreams. A person sees something good, something that makes him happy about. But it's a true dream. Now, how to decipher whether it is a true dream, that's not such a simple and straightforward thing. But certain dreams are true, and they give some good message, they inspire a person in some way, they become a source of encouragement. 
So this is a glad tiding that comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala. This is what Rasulullah explains in the Hadith Sharif. That this is Bushra min Allah Ta'ala. Bushra lil mu'minin. So this is a glad tiding for a believer. So that is one category of dreams. Then a second category is tahzinum min shaitan This is just the mischief of shaitan. Shaitan by means of some frightening dream just tries to perturb the person, to cause some grief, to cause him some disturbance. Now he'll get caught up in this, what he saw, and now that will play on his mind, and now he can't concentrate on his work, he can't concentrate in his salah. He dreamt such a frightening dream the previous night, or the next night he's trying to avoid falling asleep, because he might see the same dream again. So, this is something which is just the mischief of shaitan. So now that's one category of dream again. So one is a true dream, one is a completely false dream in the sense that this is a from, from the side of shaitan. Shaitan is interfering and disturbing. And then there's a third dream which is just merely the subconscious and just what was in the person's mind that is just playing out in his dream. The person the whole day was thinking of something, the whole day he was involved and engaged in something, now that work or that whatever he was thinking about, just that is playing out in his mind, that is playing out in his dreams. So there is no meaning to it. It doesn't have any interpretation, doesn't have any meaning, it's just his own mind. So now this is a very, very intense thing that there are so vast categories. One is a true dream which is glad tidings from Allah Ta'ala and then on the total opposite extreme is the mischief of shaitan. And in between is this kind of dream, which is neither here nor there, but it has no meaning, no interpretation, it's just the person's mind. So therefore, there are various things that have been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif in terms of guidance regarding this. One is, that when a person sees a dream, Nabi Islam says, that don't mention this dream to anyone and everyone. A dream should be mentioned only to a person who is a true friend, or a very intelligent person, somebody who knows what is the true interpretations of dreams. Intelligent in this regard. Meaning he understands this science of interpretation well. Otherwise he will give sometimes an interpretation and according to some riwayat and narrations, that the type of interpretation a person gets, that is sometimes what becomes the reality of it. So a person should avoid mentioning it to anyone and everyone. It's a very, very deep thing and one person's dream might be identical to another person's dream and the interpretations can be worlds apart. It's not that because somebody else saw a dream and this was the interpretation that he got. If I saw the same dream, then that's the same interpretation. The interpretations for the same dream can be worlds apart. Allah ibn Sirin rahmatullahi great tabi'i and who was the imam of ta'birul ru'ya of this interpretation of dreams he was an expert in this field one person came to narrate his dream and he narrated the dream that he saw that a fire is burning in his house so he said to him that go and dig in that in your house in that spot that you saw the fire in your house Go and dig on that spot and inshallah you might find some good, some wealth perhaps. 
So he went, dug up his house. Those days these things used to happen. People used to bury treasures and so on and forget about it too. So maybe this was something buried by his father, grandfather. So he went and he dug up the floor and went deep down. And indeed there was a treasure buried there. So now, mashallah, this was a very great thing for him. He found some good. Some time later another person came and he narrates a dream. that I see a fire burning in my house. It said to him that, look, please go and quickly empty your house out. It seemed like it might burn down. This person got worried. In any case, he went and emptied the house out. And something happened, whatever triggered it off. Suddenly a fire caught up and the house burned down. Now, the same dream, but the interpretations are worlds apart. One person got this treasure, the other person's house really burned down. So people who were... They the first time and the second time and who heard both interpretations were surprised. But the last time that person came, he got this interpretation and here, and this is how it turned out as well. He said the last time that person came, he came to discuss this dream, it was in winter. And in winter this fire in the house is a source of comfort and warmth. So this was indicating some good that is coming to him, some warmth, some comfort. This person saw the dream now, this is summer, it's boiling hot. And now in this heat to see fire in the house is not a sign of anything comfort. This is a sign of some, some calamity. Now, the person who had that insight was able to distinguish between the two. One person came and he said, I saw myself giving azan. In the dream I'm seeing myself giving azan. So inshallah you'll go for hajj. It happened later, something worked out for the person, he went for hajj. Sometime later one person said, I saw myself giving azan. So he said, call the police, this person, person looks like a thief. And they had him arrested. After he was questioned, and maybe, Allah alam, these details are not there, but perhaps he might have been questioned a little bit forcefully. And he finally admitted. And he acknowledges, yes, I went and stole certain things from certain place. Now two people are seeing the same dream of themselves giving azan. One person went for Hajj, the other person went in jail. So how did this, where does this fit in and how does one, again he was asked about how these interpretations are so vastly different. He said the first person who came, the signs of piety were on him. So this Azan was the Azan that Ibrahim salam that call that he gave. Uh, the ayat of the Quran Sharif that give the proclamation towards Hajj. The word Azzin. Azzin bil Hajj is used in the Quran Sharif. This was indicating that Azan. Because the signs of piety were in him. This person was a clearly so many things. A fasiq. He was outwardly a fasiq. And now he's seeing this dream that he's giving Azan. This is the Azan that was in the incident of Yusuf Salam. That the caller called out that you people are thieves. Now this is therefore what the message in this is. It's a very very deep thing. It's not something on the surface. Therefore one should not take chances in this regard. But at the same time there are certain guidelines that we should be very very conscious about. One is that a good dream, Alhamdulillah, a good dream is something to take some encourage from, encouragement from, it's something to be inspired by, alhamdulillah. But, a good dream is no 
guarantee of anybody's success that now everything is done. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah many people would see dreams about him, good dreams, they would come and narrate it to him. So this is a ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala. So as a, to sort of express his shukr on this ni'mat, he used to even record these dreams. Sometimes he would see a dream, it's not for everybody to do it. One thing is, tahdees al-ni'ma. This is something in the Quran Sharif. وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ That express the ni'mat of your Rabb. Meaning Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with some kind of ni'mat and bounty. Then he should express it. This is what the Quran Sharif is saying. So this is tahdees bin ni'ma. But then there's something totally different. And that is boasting. Now, where does one draw the line? One is tahdith bin ni'mah, where a person is immersed in shukr, and out of utter gratitude, he is expressing, Allah Ta'ala's ni'mah this is, Allah Ta'ala bless this. Other is fakhr, person is boasting. In that boasting, he is actually thinking, this is my achievement. He might use other words, he might say whatever statements he is making, but from inside, he is feeling, this is my achievement. See, I am better than somebody else because I have these achievements. Now, one is something which the Quran Sharif is commanding, tahdith bin ni'ma. And this is something, inna Allah la yuhibbu kulla mukhtalin fakhur. Allah Ta'ala hates the person who has this kind of boasting in him, and proud person, and person who has this attitude about, I am better than others, and I have this achievement and that achievement. Outwardly, both are the same. But it all is dependent on what is inside. Therefore, the muptadi, the person who is still trying to walk the path, the ulama explain, and the ahlullah explain, such a person should avoid even tahdith bin ni'mah. Because in the name of tahdith bin ni'mah, he will fall into ujib. The name will be tahdith bin ni'mah, but he'll get into boasting and bragging and so the name will be one thing, but the reality will be something else. So those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that purity of the heart, who have made that mujahada, who have that control over their nafs, they do something, we should not necessarily just emulate everything and think that it's licensed for us as well. We have to see what is our limits and inquire accordingly. So in any case, Mr. Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah used to record these dreams. But, now this became quite a thick book actually. But on the cover of it, for his own self he wrote, or for somebody else who might see it later, he wrote that something regarding the dreams, uh, mashallah, a good thing, but one point that he wrote there, one line that he wrote, a person will not be judged by what he dreamt, what he saw in his dreams. He will not be judged by what he saw while he was asleep, meaning dreams. He'll be judged by how he acted while he was awake. The court of Allah Ta'ala, a person won't get rewarded for the dreams. There's no reward for it. It's a good dream, mashallah. He got a good, there's nothing involved in it. He saw a dream. There's no reward in it. And neither will he be judged on the day of Qiyamah that, okay, what good dreams you saw, so therefore you will now get this great status and position. Or you saw bad dreams, you're going to Jahannam. There's no judgment on the basis of dreams. What you did while you were awake, person saw himself reading Tahajjud the whole night, but he was dreaming. No reward of the hajjud. But he read two rakats while he was awake, he'll get rewarded for that. So it is what a person does while he is awake, 
that is going to determine whether he is going to be rewarded, whether he is going to be punished. So in any case, this is one very, very important aspect, that a person should never be deceived, that if he saw some good dreams, mashallah, good dream is a good dream, to the extent that one of the very, very, very great na'mats and bounties is that a person is blessed with the ziyarat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And this is indeed a tremendously great na'mat. Allah Ta'ala blesses some of his servants with this. And at the same time, if a person hasn't been blessed with such a na'mat, that too is no indication that such a person is deprived. On the one hand, it's a great na'mat. But if a person didn't receive this na'mat, this too is no indication that there's some major deficiency. There were those who received it. There were some great personalities, never saw it. They never had this opportunity. But that doesn't mean that something is deficient. This is a gift of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with this. But the point that is to be made is, that while on the one hand, this is indeed a tremendous na'mat, and a person should be grateful for this na'mat also, but even that should not lull him into some kind of deception about himself. That since I was blessed with this very great na'mat and this ziyarat, so then I am now done. My, my place in Jannat is guaranteed. Allah forbid that a person falls into this kind of uh, deception about himself and then things go in the opposite direction. So, on the one hand, this is a na'mat, a person should appreciate it. A good dream is a good dream, it's a good thing, but it should not put a person into any deception. Then, in terms of a bad dream, a person sees a bad dream, this is something not to be mentioned to anybody. The Hadith Sharif, it comes, that don't mention it to anyone, it will not harm you in any way. The guidance in the Hadith Sharif, when a person sees a bad dream, and this is something many people, unfortunately, because they are not familiar with these details, a person sees a bad dream and his whole day is now upset, and people become literally sick sometimes, because of a dream they saw. So, it's a very, very straightforward thing in the hadith, but is mentioned, a person sees a bad dream, don't talk about it. If a person awoke from a bad dream, one of the things mentioned in the hadith is to make ta'awuz, recite a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani rajim. Then, on the left hand, left side, just uh, adopting the, as if a person is spitting, three times, the manner of spitting, not necessarily, I saw a very bad dream, so he wants to clear his whole throat, and now here in the masjid, Allah knows best what's going to happen to the person on the side. So he probably thought he has to cough the whole dream out. So it's just the action of spitting. This is, so to say, a blowing action. So three times to do this, to change the posture, to remember Allah Ta'ala. person wakes up, makes huzur, makes surakat, salah, all the better. But this is sufficient. And he must then cast that out of his mind. No need to dwell on it, no need to talk about it to anybody. And just clear the mind and carry on. It will not harm him in any way. And as far as those dreams that are concerned, which are just the mind playing itself out again, whatever was in the mind, obviously there is nothing in it, nothing to worry about. The thing is, mashallah, there is a good dream, a person takes a lesson from it, or he inquires about the interpretation, that will perhaps encourage him in some way. Sometimes there is some, some lesson for him in it, sometimes there is some indication about something in the future that might come to, towards him. But nevertheless, apart from that, the main thing is, 
that we worry about what we are doing in our wakeful state. What we are talking, what we are speaking, what we are doing, how we are conducting ourselves, what is our akhlaq. That is what we have to be conscious about, what we have to make an effort on. Many a person makes a lot of effort, people are reading wazaif, to try and get some kind of dreams. We should be making an effort to become better people while we are awake. That is the effort we should be making. What is in the dream is beyond our control. So, don't get into things that are not in our control. What happens will happen. What kind of dream a person sees, he'll see. What is in our control, that is what we make an effort on. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanak